It's the Afternoon Delight on 970 ESPN. Wesley Euler with you here. To the phone lines we go. All of our guests brought to you by the FoxBet app. Make the call. Download the app today. you got to be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's our buddy Chris Carter on the lines. What up, Chris? How are we feeling on this Monday morning? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. I had a nice light breakfast. Was able to get my workout in. Had a nice light lunch. I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm starting this Monday off the right way. Well, I'm glad you are, Chris, because I'm starting off this Monday honked off at those stinking <laughs> Green Bay Packers and how they did this to America, Chris. Now we have to, to oh, America. my goodness. As if, you know, Tom Brady hasn't had enough spin in the last 20 years, Chris. Now we got to see that creepy face for the next two weeks, and then we're going to have to talk about him the week after, too. So now he's invaded our lives for the next three weeks. I thought I thought 2020 was over. I thought this whole nightmare was behind us. I thought we were moving on, but oh, no. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers decided to drop an absolute dud. And here we are, Chris. Chris, I, I demand two things from Green Bay. One, a public apology to me personally and to all of America. And two, I think they should just have to pay for all of our $2,000 stimulus checks. Yes, I'm with this all. Give me the $2,000. Give me the check. I don't care about nothing else. You, you pay, put money in my pocket and I'll be happy. Uh, but it's funny that you say this. I... I, w- I was joking all weekend about the possibility of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Tom Brady all being <laughs> in the Super Bowl. And I, I, I get that there's a lot of Steelers fans who are like, I don't care because they're not playing. I'm like, I'm, you know, that's I, I, I get what you're saying, but does it matter? I mean, these are two guys that a lot of people were rooting against to ever find success again. And really three guys when you consider Brady and all of them are going to be in the Super Bowl. This is this is the worst nightmare for 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 Steelers fans, especially with 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 with, with Brady being the quarterback that's engineering mm-hmm. things on their side. But, but to your point about the pack, to, to your point about the Packers, I mean, you're just frustrated. This was everything was in their favor this year. They had played great all season. This has been the best we've seen Aaron Rodgers in a while. They got home field advantage, so everyone had to come to Lambeau Field. You come out. And, you know, Tampa Bay did, had a great first drive, but then you get some stops, and then you let Tampa Bay get an 18-point lead. Then you start to storm back, and you're, you got everything going. And, you know, I am, I am always one to be rational and not jump down coaches' throats for forced-down decisions and things like that. And that's across the board because, you know, so many people say, well, I would have done this. I'm like, okay, maybe you would have, right. but you – I, there's there's usually a balance like like when people were jumping down Mike Tomlin's throat, throat for not for, for punting on fourth and one and they were they, I mean there were people also ready to jump down his throat for not kicking a field goal late in the game as funny as that was um, you know like there's there's always something to usually weigh and say you know what I think my defense can get this stop but in that situation <laughs> when you got Aaron Rodgers I, I did I did sit there and say I don't know about that one but you know Matt Lafleur. They did a lot of things right this year, coaching wise. And again, he's a young dude, and you know, I, I feel I feel everyone's anguish that they're like, why didn't you just go for it and let Aaron Rodgers see if he can win you this game or tie the game up? Um, you know, I I feel the anguish there. You know, but I, but again, I, I think the biggest problems for Green Bay came with the fact that they they were down for so long and it took them too long to get things going, and then they had to mount a comeback in the first place. But certainly. You're, you know, you're looking at that, and then the game on the other side of the of the ball, you get that the uh, the defensive holding call that extends the 
the the game the game closing drive for the Buccaneers. Every I, I just I heard all the the, the the you know the group sighing from people <laughs> in, in Pittsburgh when they saw that result. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, Chris. You know, you mentioned those those three guys that nobody in Pittsburgh wants to see in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Lev Bell. You know, you can add LaShawn McCoy to that miss, list for me personally, Chris. Hey, uh, four, four guys for me here on the show. Um, but, dude, I four times. Well, hey, well, wait a second. Wait a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. If, if we're going to throw in LaShawn McCoy in that, Wes, then we also have to throw Jordan Whitehead in Yeah, that but mix. Jordan Whitehead never did anything to me. <laughs> oh, 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 he didn't? Oh, okay, okay. As long as he didn't crush your hopes and dreams. He did not. Always... Okay, okay. In fact, I think, you know <laughs> what? Do you, you probably remember better than me, but Jordan Whitehead was fairly recently a pit, right? So he probably never even played WVU. Yeah, that's actually true. I mean, and, and like the, the Pitt's got a few guys. Maurice Frenchy, though, he's on the practice squad for the yeah. Chiefs. You know, he's going to be... He's he's gonna be you know he has a shot to get a ring so uh, one way or another a pit player will get a ring this uh, this year so that's kind of cool. Ooh, how about that? Yeah, I don't think there's any Mountaineers on the Chiefs. I know we have uh, Keith Tandy on the Bucks, but I don't think any Mountaineers on the Chiefs. A pit Panther with us here on the show right now, Chris Carter, (laughs) our buddy from DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Stellars podcast. Chris, four times in Tom Brady's career, he's thrown three interceptions in a postseason game. Mm-hmm. He's three and one in those first four games. <laughs> Ain't that funny, Chris? You ever watch Breaking Bad? Oh yes, I loved it. I, I'm like Jesse Pinkman at, in, in the final season when he's trying to take down Walt. He can't keep getting away with this. Mm-hmm. Chris, how does Tom Brady keep willing his teams to victory even when he doesn't play so well? Well, see, it's also about the timing of interceptions, right? Because. You can throw, like, for example, there's garbage time touchdowns that I always talk about. Well, there's also those times where interceptions, with you, again, he built them an 18-point lead at one point. You know, that's, that's a different story than when you're down 14 nothing and then you throw two more interceptions. And then you're like, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that, that's a completely different part of, part of the game. You know, that's where when people who just read box scores and then just go off of that, that's when I'm like, you're annoying. You have to understand <laughs> when plays, plays are being made. Because there's some games where three, day, three touchdowns and three interceptions don't help you. I mean, I, th- I think a perfect example is Ben's game against the Browns. Ben's, you know, the first touchdown for the Steelers came with three minutes to go in the, in the second quarter. You know, that's what, 27 minutes of football without without a score. Brady's first touchdown came in the first two minutes. Like they they, they walked down the field and said, We're here yep. and established themselves and get and again gave the Buccaneers defense the advantage of Aaron Rodgers, you gotta step back and you gotta fling that thing. And then you saw their pass rush get after it. The Steelers pass rush wasn't able to get after Baker Mayfield. Why? Because he never was under pressure to sit, have to sit in the pocket and throw the ball down the field because he never, you know, had to come back from a deficit. Um, and again, and again, yeah, Tom Brady did make mistakes in this game, and you saw there were times where, like, okay, yeah, that arm is still not, you know, you know, super, super elite. You know, sometimes he's going to miss the mark because he doesn't have the juice he used to. But again, when you come out and you give your team an early lead and you put the pressure on the other team, then your mistakes later in the game don't matter as much but when you're when you know when when i think it's all about the timing and when you when when you come up with the big moments and that's what tom brady's done throughout his career whether or not 
people like it or hate it or, you know, and I, I do agree with, with a lot of people. There's a lot of stuff with the cheating that went on in New England, on, you know, both with Spygate and Deflategate and Spygate 2 and everything else that, they, that they've done. And, and, and there deserves to be asterisks on things with that. But you can't deny that even with, you know, even with that, you still have the basic moments when Tom Brady knew everything was on the line. And he was, and he came out and he delivered in a huge way, and uh, he he did it again in this game. There were several points where they needed their quarterback to step up, and boy, did he step up! Uh, especially, you know, that last touchdown at the end of the first half, um, you know, and, and delivering that ball to Scotty Miller again. This is a team with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and this Scotty Miller kid is just killing people. <laughs> Tom yes. Brady. Yeah, uh, it, it certainly is, man. It's. Uh, it's annoying, Chris, but I cannot say I'm surprised. I certainly cannot say <laughs> that I'm surprised. Our buddy Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast with us here on the Afternoon Delight on 970 ESPN. All right, uh, that game is going to dominate the conversation today, and I get it, Chris, but man, uh, just another <laughs> dominating, another impressive performance uh, from Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Yeah, and I always say that styles make fights, and we saw that with Conor McGregor getting knocked the hell out this weekend, too. Uh, but styles make fights in all sorts of sports. And the problem with this game and why I was very confident in picking the Chiefs for this game was that the Bills run very similarly to the Chiefs. Their offense is highly dependent on their quarterback being elite and playing at a high level. They don't have a consistent ground game that you can just pitch it to and just be like, all right, you're going to carry us for, for a couple weeks while – you know, our guy rests or we just take the pressure on him. And their defense is opportunistic at times, but they're not a shut them down, get after the quarterback all the time, you know, you know, create things on your own type of defense. And the Chiefs are the same way. The difference is the Chiefs have a couple better weapons and Patrick Mahomes, which is just on a completely different level. <laughs> and so when you, when you look at that, you're saying, well, Josh Allen, he can run really well, but he doesn't have the arm talent that Mahomes has. He doesn't have the ability to process the field, uh, process the field the way that Mahomes has, and he doesn't have Tyreek Hill as nice as Stephon Diggs is, as, as as a good of a slot option as Cole Beasley is, and as well as Kate Gabriel Davis plays. You can't stop Tyreek Hill, the, you know, you know, unless you're committing to stopping him. When you do, Travis Kelsey's going to rip your head off, and then you still got Nico Hardman who's a speed demon, and you still got to worry about other guys in the field. I mean, they don't, they're not even using Sammy Watkins. And yep. you think that most teams would at least factor him in there. That, that was the problem, is that the Bills are built too similarly to the Chiefs, and they're not as good as the Chiefs, and simply because Patrick Mahomes is just on a completely different planet than Josh Allen, uh, when both are, even when both are playing at their best. And, and really, Wes, when you look at that game, if it wasn't for Miko Hardman fumbling the punt in the beginning of the game, you're probably looking at a 38-7 yeah score with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter and that that's how that's how far out of this game the bills were chris i saw this stat on twitter twitter earlier today it's absolutely insane patrick mahomes has not lost a football game by double digits has not sorry sorry has not lost a football game by more than one possession since 2016 when he was still at texas tech the dude has chris more super bowl appearances too then he has games in the National Football League where he's lost by more than one possession. Zero. That's just insane. And, and hopefully uh, these guys can put an end to our national nightmare and Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we'll talk about that next week, Chris, because we got plenty of time here to space out the football talk. Um, last one before I ask you about Marquise Pouncey. 
if you were okay. if you were starting an NFL franchise from from scratch right now, okay, right? So okay. so so no roster, nothing. You're building an NFL franchise like almost Madden fantasy draft style, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who would you rather have as the head coach right now on January 25th, year of our Lord 2021? Andy Reid or Bill Belichick? Ooh, this very moment. And again, remember, uh, you've got no roster built, just the head coach. You're starting from scratch. I, I still got to go with Bill. Uh, you know, as, as much as we're as people are feeling Andy Reid right now, Andy Reid is working with maybe we, we may be on the verge of seeing the greatest quarterback of all time. And that's crazy considering we're talking about Tom Brady, who's in the Super Bowl right now, <laughs> at 43 years old. But Patrick Mahomes is doing things. He's like Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers got to his prime, and. He and except I think he processes the field. He sees defenses better than Aaron Rodgers did in his prime. And Aaron Rodgers is still even now is an elite quarterback and maybe the NFL MVP when the votes are revealed uh, very soon here. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is on such another level. I as as much of a genius and as much of a great coach as Andy Reid has been, even if he had never won the Super Bowl last year, Andy Reid's been a great coach for a long time. And he des- he deserves his flowers, which is why I was glad to see him win last year. I will I will be happy to see him win this this year too, and, and get and get recognition for that. But you take Patrick Mahomes off him, I don't think that he wins either of these Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes is just that good. Like you said, when you look at Mahomes' stats, it's, it's what I was talking about earlier. When does he when does he deliver on those stats? He it's like he knows when when the game is on the line, when it's a game tying possession, when it's a game winning possession, or a game closing possession. He is coming through for you he is you know he, he's not taking up like you know philip rivers everyone's talking about will philip rivers make the hall of fame uh, you know, he has the fifth most uh passing yards and fifth most passing touchdowns yeah but when did those come they were oftentimes when his team was two touchdowns three touchdowns d- down and then he would start lighting it up and then it would be you know and then you know it's like oh man look at those numbers but you know, again if you rely on the box score you miss so, so many important parts of the game with patrick mahomes i you know i i, I think that Andy Reid gets an unfair advantage. If I'm starting the team, and even though I acknowledge Bill, you know, Bill's probably closer to retirement than Andy right now, Bill has so much defensive acumen and understanding that I would trust his ability to scheme up things more than I would trust Andy Reid. And if I could get a good, a great quarterback with Bill, I think that, you know, when we saw Tom Brady with Bill, six Super Bowls, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how many Andy Reid can get with Pat. Chris Carter, our guest here on the Afternoon Delight, he of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast fame. Uh, Marquis Pouncey, Chris, uh, some some conflicting uh, reports around Pouncey, right? Uh, Jerry Dulac, uh, Dale Lolly, who's your colleague at DK, my colleague here on the Steelers radio network, um, reporting that, that Pouncey is likely to retire. There's been some, you know, some conflicting reports uh, saying that, oh, it's not official yet or he could still be persuaded the other way I don't want to necessarily argue about that just your thoughts on how how big is this looming decision for the Steelers are they are they doomed if Pouncey doesn't come back are they doomed regardless with the offensive line and with his age Uh, just kind of your thoughts on how you know when this all shakes out how it will affect the Pittsburgh Steelers I, I I can't say I have the inside source to know what the Steelers are talking about right now but I just have to feel that they're looking at their cap numbers. You know, they were $34 million over what we think the cap will be, but we're not sure. You know, that's the other crazy part about this, because really this discussion isn't just about Pouncey. It's about what, who they can keep and who they can move forward with, you know, in, in, in the next year, because, 
Pouncey's going to cost $14.4 million against the cap if he just stays with the same contract that he has right now. He can't they, – they can't do that. He's not that good anymore. If this was 2016, 17 Pouncey, absolutely. But he's, he's, he, you know, his injuries have taken a toll. You saw him you know, snap the ball over his head in a, in a big playoff game. Uh, you, you didn't see him really dominating at any point of attack or being able to be that, that crucial lead blocker that he used to be as a pulling center. Um, to me, the, the, the thing about him retiring is it kind of has to happen because with him retiring or him being gone next year opens up $8 million in cash base. With him, with that and McDonald, that opens about $13 million up of cap space for the Steelers that, you know, if the cap, if they're over the cap by $34 million as it is right now, that would get them down to almost 20 million. And then you can start to look at, okay, if we, you know, extend to Castro and move hit some of his money, extend Nelson and move some of his money, extend Ben, you know, and move some of his money, as we've talked about before, maybe extending him in name only and just getting some of his money out of this next year, you know, you could you could make some of those moves and then still be able to function next season. But I, I just I don't see any way for their salary cap to function if Marquise Pouncey is still making the money that he's making. And, and maybe the deal is you extend you say, hey, I'll extend you with Ben. You know, we'll we'll put your money to to, to you know to another year and you come back, but you're much cheaper. Um, you know, maybe that's the discussion. But I, I have to think that you know part of what you know part of what's weighing on Pouncey's mind is he's taken a lot of beatings over the years. And not beaten in the game, I'm just saying beaten is just you're a center. You're very physical, and he's had a lot of serious injuries over the years. That's a lot to contemplate, and he's made a lot of money. Uh, you know, I, I think that the Steelers are, are kind of ready to say, hey, man, sorry, but, you know, we got to do something else. And it's crazy, Wes, because there's not a whole lot of free agency centers out there that you just pick up and you're like, oh, yeah, you could plug him in, and he'll be fine. Uh, and, and this is not a, a high-drafting center year. Where there's a guy you know that'll be available at 24, and I'm saying, oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be the perfect first round pick. Um, so there's it's going to be some tough sledding, but I, I do think the answer is going to be not having Pouncey back around unless he takes a significant pay cut. Cool, buddy. A lot to chew on. All right, uh, one or two more quick hitters away from football here before I let you go. Let's do this. Sure, uh, Chris. Yeah. I know you're a big baseball guy. I am. I am not yeah. a. I am not a big baseball guy. But I obviously want okay. the Pirates to do well. I would obviously be. Yeah. I mean, I'd be tickled to death if the Pirates, you know, really legitimately contended for a World Series in my lifetime. Tell me if I'm wrong. But I feel like I know two things from the recent Pirates moves. One, I think they are making the right call to blow this all up now. Like they're not trying to toe the line. Let's yeah. just let's just do a full rebuild, and I'm cool with that. But the second part of that is. Man, they better get it right. Like you know, like there better be right. there better be dividends paid to Pirates fans in the next five six years from sitting through the crap baseball we're gonna have to sit through for the next two three years. Or Chris, man, they might lose Pirates fans in this town. I don't want to say forever, but for a real long time. I mean, it's this is to me. It's funny to say this, but you feel like Bob Nutting and the ownership has been on the last straw for a long time with Pittsburgh fans yeah. and just all the things that have, that have been said. But this to me is like, okay, this is committing to blowing everything up because if this is a the Pirates like you know for a lot of people that want to blow up the Steelers, you know the the Steelers have so many young assets right now: T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Devin Bush, Mika Fitzpatrick, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. You like Kevin Dotson. You know they they've got they've got core guys that they they can build around and keep a, a competitive team together for the next several years. The Pirates didn't have that. You know Joe Musgrove is not T.J. Watt. Josh Bell. Could, could hit some dingers, 
but he wasn't Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, there's, they, they, they don't, they didn't have those type of guns. Now there's, you know, you want to keep a Cabrian Hayes. You want to keep the guys that are extremely young and you see them as a definite piece to a real good team in the future. Um, but you, you gotta, you gotta do this. And Jamison Tyon, a guy that, you know, if, if this was a, if this was five or six years ago, that's a different story because the pirates were on the verge of competing or they were competing. Right. Um, and, and that's a different story, but this is, this team ain't competing. They got to unload guy, get prospects, rebuild. You know, what made, what made the pirates special back then? They, they, you know, there was talks for years about how they had developed the best farm system in baseball to get to where they were, where they finally won a playoff game, you know, in the blackout game with Russell Martin hitting on hitting Johnny Quayle over the, over the wall. But, um, you know, you got to get back to that point. And to me, uh, it, it makes total sense to tear it down. And you're right. If they don't deliver with this, if and I'm not saying World Series, I'm saying back to being competitive. You know, but it, it'd be it'd be really nice to see them win uh, win not just a playoff game, <laughs> but a playoff series. Yeah, maybe this a division title. <laughs> right, that too. Yeah, just but something that, that that says like, hey, we saw something special in Pittsburgh in baseball, uh, and not just a, not just one moment. But like a season where yeah. they put it together and there's some hope there. But I mean, it, it goes it goes to baseball, uh, you know, as a whole. When you don't have a salary cap every year, it's, it's the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Cubs and the big market teams that are that are going to run the show. And you know, maybe every ten years, your pro, your 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 club gets a chance to put something together and make a run at those guys. But if you don't hit on that one or one or two year window, you're done and you got to rebuild for for another ten years. It's just it's a frustrating part of the sport. I don't think it'll ever change because baseball's union is the best in sports. Um, you know, I, but, uh, but it, it's certainly frustrating and I agree. They got to hit on my big thing about baseball is I just saw that the union rejected the universal DH. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best thing in the world. I hate the universal DH because if you take the field, then a bat, you better wield because you can't, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot be a pitcher and then come out here, throw at somebody's head. And then no one gets a chance to do the same to you. Get the hell out of here with that. Mess, mess. You, you, you know, get, 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 all, get over here, pick up that bat. I have now learned two lines from Chris Carter today that if if you take the field, a bat you must yield, and that styles make fights. Uh, Sticking with that, (laughs) last one I got for you quickly here, buddy, because I've taken up a lot of your time already, I know. Um, Speaking of styles make fights, we saw Conor McGregor in what really looks like not the end of his career, because I'm sure he'll fight again, but the end of Conor McGregor, the end of the Mac, the end of just, you know, the, the what was the incredible draw that was Conor McGregor's um, career arc, if you will. Chris, here's my question. Has any person in an individual sport meant more to the growth of their sport, other than Tiger Woods and golf, obviously, because that's the obvious answer? Then Conor McGregor meant to the UFC, you know, starting around 2014. Like, I thought about Serena Williams. But man, like, j- mm. she's just been so dominant. I don't know if she's meant a ton to the game of tennis. She has just been incredibly dominant. Like, same with Michael Phelps or Usain Bolt, right? Like, those guys were so dominant. But I didn't see swimming and track and field take off because of them. Dude, where where the UFC was in, in 2014 compared to where they were three, four years later after that run of McGregor, man, I, I just don't know if any individual has meant more to a sport, obviously, than Tiger Woods. Uh, see, uh, Tiger's the one I look at. Even though golf has always been an established sport, and it always will be. But when Tiger plays, yeah, nobody nobody touches Tiger in that regard. No one. No. Um, you know, I I'd, I'd say Ali in the golden age of boxing. Hmm. That's up there. Yeah. Because um, 
the whole every time he fought, and, and and I didn't live through this, but you know I read a lot, I I, look, I watch a lot of you know documentaries, I I go back and especially of that because I do love boxing, um, but uh you know but when I, when I go back and even like when I talk to my dad and you know people that lived during that era, you know it was like whenever he fought, even when he fought like Joe Frazier, it was the black guys, black guys in school were rooting for Ali and the white guys rooting for Joe Frazier or whoever Ali, you know there was just that 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 polarity of who was rooting for who. So I mean Ali gets that distinction. Uh, you know I think Michael Jordan, uh, you know because everybody had to, especially when he became Michael Jordan, everybody had to see hit see him. Um, you know I think Magic versus Bird, though that's a two guy hmm. thing. Um, they they picked up the NBA because if you go back and you look at how the NBA was doing before they uh, before they came into the league, they they was having some rough times and people were wondering what was going to happen with the league and uh, but. Yeah, I do agree. Conor McGregor deserves a lot of credit here. But I will say, I think also part of it, Ronda Rousey played a big part big of it. Big time. Yep, people, for sure. She, you know, she, and, and she was one of the – and it's funny. Both her and McGregor, they start. it, it was just like uh, how they say in uh, The Dark Knight. You know, you started off as hero, then you become the villain. Everyone was rooting for them to start. <laughs> and then as they kept winning, yeah. people wanted to see them lose. And then when they did lose, it became the biggest spectacle. You know, and, and people wanted to see that. And I got to admit, I don't like Conor McGregor. I, I think he's uh, – I think he talks a little too much stuff. I think he said a few. No, I don't think he said. He said a few, a, a few racist comments sure. that uh, go that go over the line for me. So I was I'm happy to see him get his face broke. Um, but uh, but all that being said, um, he deserves credit for picking up the sport and making people watch it because he he is entertaining. He, and you either hate him or you love him um, if you're watching this watching the sport. And that that turns eyes. You 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 need, you need heels. You need villains. You, you do. Need, people that that, that that attract so he definitely gets credit for that you know I'm, I'm interested to see you know who become who becomes the next guy for that for ufc because you know the the joke that i thought was the funniest thing was dana white was sitting there saying wait a minute wait a minute you what do you mean what do you mean he lost like we we're supposed to get him in a beat again like yep. no like I yep. yeah so uh but but i do agree he is he is iconic for that and he deserves a lot of credit for that um you know i wouldn't say i wouldn't say all time you know but you know for all sports but uh, for certainly for UFC, they they get, he gets a lot of credit for their for their rise in the past few years. Yeah, man, nobody. I don't think anybody has ever put on an individual sport like Tiger Woods, and I don't think it's even close. But Muhammad yeah. Ali, Conor McGregor, what they did for just in terms of eyeballs, polarization for the because, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, Muhammad Ali was a heel for the wrong reason, but was a heel yeah. to, was a heel to a lot of people. Yeah, you you need that 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 tension, I think. A lot of times, uh, to you know, to attract the casual eyeballs away from football and basketball and baseball and and, and the you know what, what we perceive is is the bigger team games. Uh, Chris, great stuff, buddy. Appreciate it as always. Uh, read his work, dkpittsburghsports.com. Listen to him, Locked On Steelers podcast on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Later, partner. Thanks, Wes. Always great. Always a blast, buddy. Thank you. There he is, Chris Carter. Uh, great stuff from him as always. I'm way overdue for a break here, so let's just hit it. It's the afternoon delight on ESPN Pittsburgh.